0: Cheers. Cheers, dude. Great time you on the podcast, number meter podcast. Mick, the game caller Gleddle. For people who don't know who Mick, the name Caller Gleddle is, um, I had the pleasure of going to school with. you. We've kept in touch throughout the years, 24 years now. Wow. Right? Um, and you kind of taken a journey of broadcast journalism. Uh, that's what I. Th- that's how I would describe it.
1: Yes, that's one way of uh, of, of of putting what what I do. <laughs> yeah.
0: And I do feel like like a lot of people um, would describe you've got a unique approach to it. Would you say it's a unique uh, delivery?
1: Look, that you have? What, what, what I will always say to anyone who asks me about my commentary style is I commentate how I would want to listen to uh, a sports commentary. Mm-hmm. So it will be enthusiastic, it will be uh, high energy uh, and I know for some uh, you know, a few people suffer with palpitations when I'm there and I'm like, Bradford, have the ball 20 metres out in front of the leads post, it goes to Hallas, it goes from Hallas to Peltier, Peltier, you know, but that's how, you know, that delivery, that type of commentary, I, I you know, I think there's more people who, who favour that than, than, than criticise it and, you know, look, broadcasting, uh, albeit a very specialist job, you know, it's a very crowded marketplace, so... I'm not doing it deliberately to stand out, but that's just how I feel. You know, if I was at home, couldn't make the game, and was having to listen on TV, watch on TV or, or listen on the radio, that is how I, you know, would want to listen to uh, a sports commentary.
0: You're the first person on my uh, my podcast who's called me by my Christian David. You know what I mean David? Well, I've always called you David. I okay. know you had
1: the nickname at school, Nova. Um, yeah. And, you know, I, I know you probably want me to call you Nova because it is Nova meat, but. Uh, but yeah, I will try call you Nova, but when I see you,
0: Listen, you can and call that me
1: famous Tash, how do you see David? <laughs> you
0: can call me what you like. <laughs> right. So section is podcast. I've had some tweets in. Okay. Which I've never done before on the podcast. All right. Right. Because um, I've asked people's questions in because people who don't know, there's a, there's a team in Bradford, a rugby team in Bradford called the Bradford Bulls. It used to be called the Bradford Nova and been around for over 100 years. Correct. Right. So it's full of history. Um, but recent recent occurrences, to put it mildly, the club have kind of switched gears, not just one um, performance-wise, but financially. And you're a very very um, you're very connected to the club, if that if that's one way of putting it.
1: I well, profess to know everything about what's gone on in the the last you know decade, the the so-called downfall of the of the club. But you know, I certainly know. A lot, a little bit about what's gone on, and it, it's it's sad. It is absolutely sad because you know any anybody who takes great delight in what has happened and transpired at Bradford in the last decade, you know, I've got to question. You know, are you, are you a fan of the game? Are you a fan of rugby league? Are you a fan of the Bradford Bulls? Because you know, to see Bradford when you think back to when you know we were at uh, secondary school, Saint Bede's and we were going home and away and there'd be 4,000 fans at Wigan on, on a Wednesday night at the then-named JJB Stadium. You know, and to see, you know, that away support sort of dro- dwindle down to to the, you know, it's still a great support, by the way, they're still taking 1,500, 2,000 away fans to the games like at York, at, at Halifax, but to, to see the sort of like, the average attendances at Oddsall go from 15,000 then down to 11,000 then down to below five figures, 10,000, then to 7,000, and then the most recent administration and liquidation. You know, the club's now averaging 4,000, and the club doesn't even play in the city of Bradford anymore. So it be interesting to see what they've got at Dewsbury, but how can anyone take great, great delight in that? Because, you know, that doesn't just affect the Bradford Bulls, it affects the, the sport of rugby league. And when you think back to when Bradford were you know, doing the historic treble um, in the, in the, at the early turn of the, the 2000s. You know, there was Wigan up there, there was Bradford, there was Leeds, and now you've got to look at the rugby league picture and you're like, where are those other clubs? You know, which club has actually kicked on? Because none of them have really kicked on. I know there'd be a, a case for Warrington, but, you know, none of those clubs have, have gone on to, to achieve, you know, what was hopefully going to be part of a document that the RFL released under Maurice Lindsay, which was the Firm in the Future document, and I think, you know, Rugby League, people might say I'm mad for saying this, but Rugby League is a poorer place without a strong Bradford presence, because you need those big city teams, you need that rivalry mm-hmm. you know, Leeds v Bradford at So, Leeds v Bradford at Headingley you, you look at the historic trends, you're looking at 20,000 at each game and, 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 and because Bradford aren't in Super League anymore uh, because they've had, you know poor management, they've been relegated, they've been in administration three times and a liquidation, you know, they're now in the championship and unfortunately they've had to leave the city of Bradford and you know, it it, it really is sad, it's quite painful because all this has happened as I've started commentating and sort of like, you know, entering the the sort of, you know, the broadcast journalism world and I was talking to somebody just this morning, you know, wouldn't it have been great if we were commentating uh, on Bradford, at Old Trafford, at Wembley, you know, continuing on, you know, what Chris Kaisley, um and obviously Matthew Elliott and Brian Noble, you know, did so good for the club. Um, but unfortunately, you know, I just feel it's like a never-ending story. And I know you can laugh, uh, mm-hmm. Nova, about me going grey, but listen, grey hairs here, it, it, it is quite stressful because... I don't want to be dealing with administrators, liquidators. I don't want to be, you know, dealing with fans forums where there's a change of owner every year. You know, that club needs some stability. First and foremost, the Bradford Bulls, they need stability. And then they need to be back in the city of Bradford. So why, why are the Bulls
0: in the situation that they are now? Why? What's happened? What is the ABC of it?
1: The ABC of it, why they currently are... People who don't are.
0: know about the situation, <coughs> What what is the situation? Well,
1: why they're in the situation at this moment in time, David, is... Uh, no, uh, <laughs> it's going It's going to be David. I, I, Dave. I, I'm too polite. I'm, <laughs> it's, I, I'm, it's cool. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's because, you know, you go back to Andrew Chalmers uh, and Graham Law, who originally took over the club in 2017. And there might have been a little bit of uh, naivety on their part, but they uh, had signed a deal with the RFL to take over the club. And... Unfortunately, and, and, and I'll try and explain it uh, as if I was talking to a five-year-old, they've signed a lease uh, up until the end of this current season that's just gone in yeah. 2019. So effectively, it was for three years. Uh, but you know, the RFL in that lease uh, is a very grey area over who actually maintains Odsell Stadium. So what I do know is, you know, Andrew Chalmers, Graham Lowe. Graham Lowe's obviously uh, had health problems. He's took a step back, so it has been predominantly Andrew Chalmers who has owed uh, pretty much 100% of the shares. You know, there's been this ongoing cost at Oddsall Stadium with the maintenance bills. Uh, You know, you've got... So what we're talking like with maintenance bills, you know, it's a bit of a running joke that, you know, the Bulls can't play any night games at Oddsall because of the floodlights, and you're looking at 50 grand to repair the floodlights, that's 50 grand that the club don't have. Um, But it's not just about these maintenance bills and maintenance costs and sort of like your utility bills like your electricity, your water, your council tax, you know, there has been a bit of mismanagement up there. And Mm -hmm. I think Andrew Chalmers, uh, when he joined me at half-time, the final game of the season, just gone at Rochdale, you know, there was an open, uh, an honest assessment that, you know, perhaps having such a large squad, this season, 38 players, uh, had stretched the finances just a little bit too much and that is probably why there is uh, 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 there was a, a huge creditors list which is is slowly but surely uh, decreasing in size because obviously the new shareholders, the new consortium are Mark Sawyer uh, and the Nigel Wood family, you know they are uh, dealing with sort of like the, the mess that Andrew Chalmers uh, left behind, you know. I've got, got to be brutally honest. At the end of the day, Andrew chabers will be uh, in the, was in the process of signing over his shareholding in the club to to Mark uh, and Nigel. Mm. Uh, but you know, you, you left nearly uh, half a million pounds worth of debt with, with creditors. So it's it's frightening. It really is frightening. And you know, just when the fans think you know we've had a, a good season in the Championship, yes, we were a point off the the playoffs, the top five, and it's all a case of if, buts, and maybe, had the drop goal from Jordan Lilly at Booth and Crescent gone over, and we got the two points, that would have put us in the in the top five, and we'd been in the playoffs, you know, but like I say, you know, I think this has got to be the last chance, every time the club has these financial issues, uh, Nova, we, we, we talk, and we're like, you know, this can't keep happening again feel like Bill Murray in Groundhog Day, you know, every couple of years, you know, and and for those players um, who have, have actually had terminated their contracts, uh, you know, Joe Keyes, Elliot Minchella, Jai Hitchcock, who's uh, just left today uh, to, to go join Toulouse, you know, you've got to feel sorry uh, and, and you've got to ask your questions, well, how bad has it got that players have, have actually wanted to, to terminate their contract and leave? And I'll say this, you know, and, and, and this this is no disrespect to the Bradford Bulls or anybody you know that's involved there you know no player or member of staff should have to worry are they going to get paid at the end of the month mm-hmm. and I've just got to hope now that Mark Sawyer and Nigel Wood and the rest of the Nigel Wood family sister-in-law Sandra Sandra, who uh, of course is going to come on the board of directors uh, you know can run a very tight ship because that, what it, that's what it needs especially now at Dewsbury you know, the finances are going to be stretched even further because, you know, they're not going to sell the 3,000 season tickets that they sold last season. It'd be great if they, if they could, and I'd urge anybody watching this, you know, to uh, give Mark and, and Nigel, you know, a real a real chance uh, to try and turn around the situation at the club. But, you know, I think based on the projections, they're not going to get n- nowhere near the 3,000 season ticket sales, which which is sad. But, you know, you can understand there is a lot of hurt uh, An animosity amongst the support base because they've seen their club once again ripped apart, and now it's no longer playing at their historic home, or the city of Bradford. They've had to go to Dewsbury.
0: Right. You mentioned players in. You mentioned players out. So what do the Bulls actually need financially?
1: Well, you, you, you're going to have to run a very tight ship. You're going to have to run a very lean playing squad. And there was a fans forum last Tuesday where Mark Sawyer, who's uh, one of the new shareholders, was present and uh, he summed it up perfectly you know we're going to have a tough season it's going to be a lot leaner a lot slimmer you certainly can't operate with a a squad of 38 players because what happened last season uh, for those that probably don't really understand rugby league is that this season the reserve grade is mandatory last season it Mm. wasn't but Bradford decided to go with a reserve side Uh, and I was talking to some of those reserve grade players um, a, a couple of days ago And some of them said that, you know, although they've been contracted to the club for the year, they've only played eight, nine reserve games. So you can see where, you know, there's been a financial burden Mm -hmm. that has affected the club's finances. Now, in terms of what the club needs to do, obviously, it can't can't function without the key stakeholders, the fans. So it, it does need to, you know, it does need to win round the fans. And I think when it does win round the fans and the fans... Buy the season tickets, the the merchandise, the new shirts. I mean, the new uh, Braffa Bull shirt for this uh, coming season, twenty twenty. It's it's very traditional. can you in your bag, isn't it. Come on. You're I've good, not got. got it. On, you're I good. haven't. I Go haven't. On. It's it's not even gone off to. <laughs> uh, it's not even gone off to Kappa yet. So I, I haven't. <laughs> Honestly, another. Uh, good though. Yes, it's very traditional. No. That's all I can say. Um, but you know, it's not just about having a traditional shirt. It's about trust and because. There's been so much mistrust from the owners to the fans, you know, it's going to take time. And I know Mark Sawyer and Nigel Wood, whether or not they have got the patience to to, to see this through, it is going to take time. Because you look at the previous owners, you look at the previous incarnations of the club, a lot of it has been built on quicksand and lies, yeah. and that there is a lot of hurt, and it's going to take time. It is going to get. It is going to take time. You look at where the Bradford Bulls have been in the last ten years to where they are now. You know, oh my God, if that had happened to any other club, you know, there'd the be Netflix, there'd be Amazon, they'd be making documentaries about the the Great Fall because what has happened to the the Bradford Bulls, uh, Nova, is is absolutely criminal. It's absolutely criminal. You know, you've had a club that had crowds of fifteen thousand. Everything, the infrastructure built on quicksand, and now look at them. Mm. No home, no assets other than, uh, you know, a very large, uh, passionate fan base. But a lot of those have walked away. They're waiting to see what happens. So you can see there's a, a large, passionate, dormant fan base. Um, and, and you've got the players. You know, they don't own Odsall. They had to sell Odsall under Peter Hood. Back in 2012 to repay bills, so we don't mm. even own Odsal anymore. We've we've effectively got no home ground.
0: It, it's it's it, sad. It's sad, sad. It? It's, a it's, sad. Sad it's sad
1: for anybody involved, you know, in the city of Bradford. It's, it, how,
0: how how do you broadcast something so close to your heart with the same passion of the love that you have for the team? Does that make sense? So you come and say, you know, all this is going on, but you to de- you have to deliver a very fair commentary, don't you?
1: It, it's it's difficult, it is very difficult, you know, uh, when I first uh, started broadcasting, commentating, reporting on Rugby League, specifically the Bradford Bulls, you know, I was always told, if you want to be o- o- on this side of the fence, with access to this information, you know, you have to behave a different way to you, you were on that side, and I know a lot of people have got frustrated with uh, stuff that I have put out on social media during subsequent administrations but I have always said from day one, it might be a roller coaster but I will always report what I believe to be the, the truth and I guess it is true that people when they've been bidding for the clubs and uh, club owners, they have used me as a mouthpiece uh, as sort of like their personal PR to get the good news out or get this particular type of news out. So. A lot of it, because I'm so passionate about it, David. Not a normal person, I think, would probably take a little step back and think, "Well, hang on a second, you know, is this the right course of action? Is this the right thing to do?" But you know, with me being 110% pro rugby league, pro Bradford, if it's good news, even though I've later found out it might not have been factually correct what I've been told, you know, I've put it out there, and you know. It's very difficult, you do get caught up in the emotion of it, but you know, I'll always remember a game, uh, it was an Easter Monday game against Salford uh, back in 2012, and I knew in the week leading up to that game that none of the players had been paid, and at that point we were fourth in the table, and we'd had a really good start to the season, we'd had an away win at Wigan, and everything was sort of like, you know, just sort of like bubbling nicely. And then obviously the bombshell comes um, a couple of days after that game and and Bradford actually lost that game, I think it was 36 points to 16 but it was was a very unorthodox performance and people couldn't put the finger on it and then obviously two days later it comes out, no one's been paid and the club pretty much have days leading up to Easter. Uh, to, to, try, to try and save the club and, and that was the, the start of the problems and the, the club if I'm being brutally honest has never fully recovered from the sale of Odsell to the RFL because the RFL had lent Peter Hood, the then chairman um, a lot of money to, to cover up the debts and you, you, you know Peter Hood you look at the money he was offering players, it was grotesque you know, mm. there was there was player agents lining up on Peter Hood's door oh look, I've got offers from Huddersfield I've got offers from Warrington so Peter Hood designing all these contracts players on ridiculous amounts of money and I don't blame the players for that because if you're a player and you're going to the chairman and the chairman's mm. like oh yeah, we'll give you this and then obviously the problem stem from that because at that point you can't be blaming Oddsall and maintenance costs because the, the club were, were averaging 12, 13 Fourteen thousand fans, and for that Leeds game on that that Good Friday when they had to raise half a million pound, there was over twenty thousand people in the stadium. So if you can't make the business work with that many football coming through, you know, so there has to be harsh, harsh questions. And I keep saying, I keep saying, David, uh, no, sorry, I keep saying I'm going to write a book. I keep saying I'm going to write a book. Uh, But you know, at the moment, I don't, I just don't have the the energy. I don't have the enthusiasm. To, to write a book about it. I mean, it could be turned into a, a, a movie. Uh, I know Rugby League uh, is down on the sort of, like, uh, the peripheral vision of the of the media world. Uh, but, oh, my God, if this had happened to an Everton, a Man United, a Liverpool, you know, one of these top-flight football clubs, you know, successive uh, custodianships, the mismanagement, everything that's happened. Wow. Wow. this You know, th- there's a documentary waiting Absolutely. to be made. There is. Um, but but it is, it, you know, there is times where I'm in the commentary box and fans may or may not know this, but, you know, you go and you interview the players, the players reach out to you and that's not just the current, you know, crop of players, you know, this year. You know, we're looking at some of the previous administrations, you're getting messages on Twitter, they get your number, you're getting text messages, you know, and it's it's very difficult because you're getting the... Factual information from the players, so they're telling you they've not been paid. You're then interviewing the chairman, the owner, the coach, oh, everything's all rosy, and it's very difficult. There's a very fine line between what you decide to put out there in the public domain. Because one thing I'll always do, because effectively the Bradford Bulls is my club, it's the club I've supported since I was three year old. You know, I will always protect it and and try and show it in a in a positive light, but sometimes another uh, uh, some of the, the stuff is 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 in you know is indefendable, you know mm. you, you, you you have to put a little nail in that coffin and, and deliver some bad news
0: Yeah, because we're all human aren't we we That's are all
1: human and, and 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 at the same time i've got a lot of you know trust uh and a lot of the people who cuz i don't drive you see so i'm I'm a very much a public transport man yeah. uh walking around the city of bradford on the buses on the trains so any any given day, if I go shopping around Bradford or decide to have a day out, I'll get stopped by Bulls fans. Guaranteed. They'll stop me in the street and they're like, oh, Mick, what's going on here? What's going on there? And I'll never, I'll, I'll always take the time to, to try and explain and answer what, what they're asking me. And again, you know, that trust works, works both ways. And if I give them misinformation, I lose their trust. And, you know, I've got to be careful that obviously in certain circumstances, stuff is confidential and, and I can't tell them. You know what is really going on, but uh, but yeah, I, I th- I, you know I, I I just you know I hope Mark Sawyer, I hope Nigel. Would. I mean, there's a lot of positives coming out. They've started signing players moving forward for next season. Uh, they've announced the season ticket prices are going to be reduced, certainly for juniors. So for a junior, it's 49 pound plus you get a free shirt. So effectively, you're getting the shirt free or the season ticket free, whichever way you look at it. 49 pound. You know that's. Uh, a huge catalyst for mine, massive positive rugby league news because you know the future generation of, of Bradfordians, you know future rugby league fans, forty nine pound Bradford Bulls 2020 jersey, uh, and you're getting a free season ticket, fantastic value, and and not enough clubs are actually going down that route and realising that you know rugby league. Is, is going to have a problem in, a, in another generation whereby a lot of the elderly spectators are, are going to be no longer with us mm-hmm. and where is the, where's the youth, where's the new blood you know, a, a, a problem not too dissimilar uh, with ba- American baseball, Major League Baseball in America, they're realising that it's an old pastime sport mm-hmm. and the, uh, the fan base is ageing they they're searching for ideas and this is not just a rugby league thing as I say baseball American football college football even you know we're fighting the PlayStation the Xbox the Wii generation it is very difficult very difficult, to, difficult. to try and get the the youth of today engage them and, and supporting um, you know their local uh, rugby league team or, or football team and, it, and that job's sort of like uh, you know magnified even harder especially when the club con- you know is having all these financial problems year after year and that's not me sort of like over exaggerating because as I said there's been free administrations and the liquidation and, and, and all anybody wants is just a strong stable viable profitable uh, Bradford Bulls you know a club that they can be proud of, relate to, we don't want all these financial issues. Do you, do
0: you think I'll ever go back to where 20 years ago, where, where it was kind of swimming well and stuff like, you mentioned the early 2000s and stuff. The potential's there. Do you aren't?
1: know what I mean? But the potential is there, David, we saw it this season, you know, uh, our good friend Simon Foster, yeah. he did the draw and it was Bradford Bulls against the Leeds Rhinos, and there was over 10,000 people there at Oddsall, and that was an all-pay crowd, you know, there was no free tickets, you couldn't get in on your season ticket, Leeds brought about two and a half thousand, fantastic to see the, the yeah, Rooney yeah. Avenue Terrace uh, full again, and you know, that showed me that there's still a heartbeat, there's still an appetite for Rugby League in the city so, of Bradford, and, and look you know, I talked to a lot of Super League question, uh, so, sorry, I talked to a lot of Super League chairmen and, and CEOs and, and, you know, they want the Bradford Bulls back in Super League because they watched that, there was over a million people watching on, on the BBC, it was given the Saturday primetime mm. billing and what a great advert for the sport of Rugby League, ten and a half thousand people inside Odsell yeah. you know, there was a cacophony, of noise it, it was emotional, I cried at the end of it, the emotion just totally you know, got to me uh, at the end, and I think it's on YouTube. Actually, the final two minutes—you know—I I was in tears. I was just overcome with so much emotion that the Bulls, the underdogs, you oh. know, it was David v Goliath, and, um, and 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 David David had won, but you know that afternoon, that whole occasion, that tells you there is still that support base there. The last ever game at odds against Sheffield, seven and a half thousand fans. That shows you there's still 7,500 people who care about rugby league in Bradford, care about the Bradford Bulls. And that is something that Mark Sawyer and Nigel Wood, they need to get their heads together. They need to formulate a plan, which, you know, the the reduced season ticket prices, the re-signings, the new players that are going to be coming in the coming weeks, you know, these are all small steps in rebuilding that trust, and it's not going to happen overnight. And mm. and I will not criticise any Bradford Bulls fan who decides I don't want to go to Dewsbury because you know at the end of the day it, it is like having your heart ripped out. Too many fans who stop me on the street another they tell me I will not support the club at Jewsbury, and that's not for me to to criticise and argue. I mean, I'll be I'll always be listening here to anyone who talks about rugby league, but you know. The sooner the club's back in Bradford, um, the better, but, you know... So is that
0: you saying, Juju won't work, is that what you're saying?
1: Honestly? It's not going to work in the long run. It's no. not going to look. You, you look at clubs like Oldham, like Swinton, you know, they've left their spiritual home, they've been share, sharing at sale, mm-hmm. Oldham have moved to Staley Bridge. you know, Oldham, when they left Watersheddings, they were averaging six, 7,000. Now, you know, they're, they're down to seven, 800. Same with Swington. Good old Station Road, great ground. I think it come down in about 1992. I only went there once. And again, you know, three, 4,000, Swington, it's a great crowd if they get uh, four figures, if they get a 1,000 at Haywood Road weather play. And that is what is gonna to happen to the Bradford Bulls. It's absolutely imperative that the Bulls get back in the city boundaries. Whether or not that's at Oddsall Stadium with the RFL and the council, working together whether or not that's at the horsefall with Bradford Bulls and Bradford Park Avenue uh, you know coming to some agreement or whether or not and this is what i cross my fingers for and hope is that the council the Bulls and the RFL can all come together because Richard Dunn don't forget Odsell bird's just been opened up mm-hmm. so Richard Dunn will be coming down before Christmas and then you've got Odsell and Richard Dunn you've got two pieces of land prime real estate a fantastic motorway link which is just two minutes down the m606 to the bottom of the m62 you know wow if you can get and engage with a a proactive developer who knows, the, the dream might come to fruition that there would be some sort of community stadium. And when I say a community stadium, we're not talking 20,000, 30,000 Superdomes. We're probably going to be talking something small, similar to like the AJ Bill Stadium, to, similar to the, the Lee Sports Village, around eight ten thousand. 10,000. Because mm. at the moment, that's probably where the Bradford Bulls are, to be fair. You know, somewhere eight to 10,000, a community stadium, you probably would have Bradford Park Avenue moving there. Maybe Bradford City, I don't know if Bradford City run uh, junior sides or reserves, maybe Mm -hmm. there could be a deal done there, you know, something that benefits the whole community, (coughs) and not just the Bradford Bulls, I think that has to be the way forward, but it's not going to work in the long run, David. The the examples are there with other rugby league clubs, Uh, Oldham, Swinton, you know, you're leaving the city's boundaries, there's going to be, you know, before you know it, if it's two, three years down the line, you know, you then start talking about a whole generation uh, of people who uh, have not had their local rugby, rugby league team in the city and you know Judith Cummings who's the, the MP uh, she's been very uh, proactive she's done a she's done like a a, a petition where you've got to yeah, sign yeah, online line, yeah. and you know that went online yesterday morning at about nine o'clock and by three o'clock in the afternoon she it already reached the 500 signatures so again that tells you. That tells you, Nova. People care. People mm-hmm. care. Yeah,
0: absolutely. Take a swiggy swig beer before we go to the questions on Twitter. Um, we've had a, a few in, so I'm just going to try blaspheme as much as I can. If that, right, with you. Um, so, Pyra Samuel. Don't know if you know him. Any news on the six players that Bradford are wanting to bring in? Well, the uh, we'll keep these brief because we've got a few to get through. Yeah, in. but yeah,
1: go on. Well, well, John Key is currently away on holiday uh, for the next sort of like two weeks because he's just come back from the World Cup Nine. So you know, John has basically not had an off season. Uh, but let me tell you, John Key is away on holiday. His phone will be red hot. He'll be talking to player agents, looking at players. Uh, a slight concern because the balls have only just come out of special measures. So they can only really start talking to players. Uh-huh. It is going to be extremely difficult to try and get the, the type of player what uh, you know you know John Keir uh, and Mark Sawyer and Nigel Wood uh, believe will actually benefit the, the Bradford Bulls. But you know John Keir is somebody who, who has over 30 years' uh, experience as a coach, nearly 50 years' involvement in the game. Uh, sorry, John, I'm not showing your age there. But you um, know, there is that working in terms of the, the, the recruitment uh, I have no names I, I, Sam I'm sorry come uh, on share some come on share some people love it spill the beans no, uh, there's, 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 there, I mean by the time this goes out Defogging Johnston are signed. Liam Kirk are signed. Dalton Grant are assigned these are all players that uh, have just gone out of contract at the Bulls hmm. um, yeah it's uh, it's 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 pretty quiet at the minute on any players, fresh players coming in. But as I said, I do know that they are talking to the agents and trying to work out what players have not got a club at this moment in time and, and which players are the right fit for the Bradford Bulls because it's it's one thing, you know, changing the ownership structure and saying you're going to go leaner. I know it's the temptation will always be there from John Keir, from the Bulls to, you know, oh, we'll have this player, we'll have that player, you know, we'll have that player. But again, this is a very... Different set of circumstances, you know, f- you know, the financial situation, which will ultimately be di- dictated by the, the season ticket sales. The club have to be sensible about which sort of players, you know, they bring in.
0: Absolutely right. The CC Chambers at CC Chambers. Two questions, right? So break them down. Does Mick, the game caller Gliddel, think the Bulls will be forced to return to Oddsell and does he believe the owners? Are in it for the long term
1: do i think the bulls will be forced to return to oddsall i think the bulls will be certainly forced to return to bradford the rfl have basically given the bulls 12 months grace to go to jewsbury so i know behind the scenes mark Sawyer, and nigel wood they are desperate to get the Bulls back to bradford because they know the business plan hinges on the bradford bulls being in bradford i suspect the bulls will be back at oddsall in 2021 and, you know, that might raise a, a few questions about, you know, claims from Andrew Chalmers and, and previous chairman before Andrew, Mark Green, Omar my Peter Hood, all said, Oddsall, you know, pretty much uh, hemorrhaged money uh, and basically hit those nails fast in the, in the financial coffin. But I think the Bulls will be back at Oddsall next season and, you know, that'll be a, a massive boost for the, the fan base who are, who are hurting Seeing their club leave the city? What was the second question? Are there new investors in it for the long term? Is Mark Sawyer and Nigel Wood in it for the long term? Well, Nigel Yes. Honestly. Mark Sawyer, not so, because Mark's only said he's a stopgap. Mm Because Mark obviously owns the Jews' Biram, so he at the forum basically said he's he's not really, he doesn't see it as a conflict of interest, nova. Um, So he said he's basically in there to sort of like facilitate and steady the ship. Uh, and then allow fresh uh, shareholders and board members to become involved. Where Nigel Wood is concerned, and the the family of Nigel Wood, because obviously Stephen Wood, Sandra Wood, uh, all the Wood family, you know, they've the been passionate supporters uh, of the Bradford Bulls uh, for a number of, a number of years. I mean, it's no secret that Nigel Wood and the Wood family have had a corporate box for for the last four or five years at Odsell. Um I think Nigel Wood is, is is well and truly in it for the 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 long run and you know um, Nigel's currently out in Australia and New Zealand We're watching the Great Britain Lion tours but I think when Nigel gets back just before Christmas uh, and we get to actually sit down with Nigel and have a one on one interview yeah. talking about his flan, plans for the future we'll have a clearer understanding but certainly you know the Wood family they are passionate supporters I used to work with uh, Sandy his sister in law uh, at the Bradford Royal Infirmary and and you know uh, She's exactly what, what the club needs. You know, she's honest, uh, she's transparent mm-hmm. and, you know, she's certainly got a finger on the pulse. She walks off her fools gladly and she'll be making sure that there's no overspending because, you know, Sandy's Sand a, a lovely lady. You know, she's not got a bottomless pit to throw money down and and, and lose her family's inheritance.
0: You mentioned Mark Soi, though, Jewsbury and stuff like that and obviously taking, taking over Bradford, helping out. Is it one of them things where they can kind of... Uh Shop and change things. Are they allowed to do that? Is it in the yeah. legality of rugby league or not? Yeah, yeah. Max Sawyer's is allowed How's to. he's
1: allowed to get involved as long as he doesn't own more than twenty five percent. So Max Sawyer's involvement in the, the current uh, Bradford Bulls uh, twenty seventeen is is twenty four point nine percent. So right. okay. although he is a major uh, shareholder, the, the majority shareholder is of course uh, the, the the Nigel Wood family. So right, uh, obviously. Mark's going to be there as well as an advisor because Mark owns Dewsbury, Bradford are at Dewsbury. Yeah. So Mark knows what's going to work at the Tetley Stadium, the home ground of the Jewsbury Rams, and what's not going to work. So, he, he, you know, look, Mark Sawyer is going to be a, a, a real valuable asset in all of this, in this transitional period where the Bulls are going to Dewsbury for 12 months, fingers crossed, before they, they move back to Bradford. But yeah, Matt Mark, Mark Sawyer is not going to be in this. For the long run, because he's got a fans forum tomorrow with the Jewsbury Rams supporters, uh, and let me tell you, you know, some of them are uh, are begging for blood. You know, they're like, oh my God, is this a conflict of interest? But as Mark said last Tuesday, you know, nobody else was prepared to step in and help the Bradford Bulls, and I can't stress enough, you know, I had a phone call from from Ralph Rimmer a couple of days before it was announced, and and Ralph was pretty much, you know, the RFL. We as the RFL are working tirelessly behind the scenes. Uh, and we expect to announce some some positive positive news because it was either this happens, Nova, or the club would have gone into administration again. Again, so it would have been a fifth time, wouldn't it? It would have been a fifth time. And, you you know, again, to quote Bill Murray and Groundhog Day, it can't keep happening because Mm -hmm. every administration, every liquidation, the club's losing 2,000 fans, 3,000 fans. Eventually, there's going to be no one left because... Every administration, it eats away at that passion. It eats away at that enthusiasm, and 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 you do end up questioning: Why am I going through this? You know, why am I, de- de- you know, devoting a lot of, you know, time and effort and finance in supporting and financing this when it's all built on quicksand? Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, I got. I don't see any problem with, with, with Mark Sawyer and uh, you know to quote Mark at the Fans Forum David he's been in charge of Duesborough for 18 years and they've never had a CCJ, CCJ. so uh, you know Mark Sawyer does tick the, the fit and, and proper person
0: right Old Corn CCC we'll just do one more of these alright what's next for the Bulls what's, Wait next? A minute. what's next for the Bulls sorry I know. have they actually got enough players for the team open brackets the answer at the moment is no close brackets
1: well we'll start with the players because this is,
0: this is honesty this is good yeah, yeah. people so passionate so
1: the players the players are back in training on bonfire night next week the 5th of November um, it's early isn't it yeah well the cracker, there's a lot of rebuilding to, to, to be doing uh, David right so you know at this moment in time uh, the numbers are low uh, if you include now if you include the academy players so we're talking players like you won't know these, but no, uh, no. Alex Stevenson, Kobe Green, Cameron Berry, Bradley Gallagher, Vitas Fasnes, uh Evan Hodgson, to a lesser extent. So, if you include including those, you know, type of players who are still on eighteen, nineteen, mm-hmm. with uh, Thomas Doyle as well, um, you know, with, with, with relative uh, little experience of actually playing first team games, a lot of the players that I've just said, you know, made the debut uh, at the midway point last season which was uh, oh, it was a, a horrible evening up in Barrow we lost by 56-6 but it was great to see you know, a team full of Bradfordians, Bradford players who have come through the academy so if you include those types of players you, the numbers are looking 15-16 so t- to get to the numbers what John Keir wants which is around the 23-24 you know, there's going to have to be at least 6-7 8 players um, you know, coming on board because you know with Ross Peltier leaving James Green leaving, uh, Jai Hitchcock has left, Elliot Minchella, Joe Keys. You know, we are light in the forward pack, so we are going to need a bit of oomph, mm. a bit of grit up front. And, uh, you know, what? what's next for the Bradford Bulls? Well, the pre-season starts. There's the Boxing Day friendly uh, away at Castleford. So that's the next game away at Castleford. So any, you know, Bradford fan, who you know it's perhaps sort of like well hang on a second I'm not buying a season ticket yet get along to uh, Weldon Road on Boxing Day you know that's going to be your first real chance to to see you know the new team in action um, and, and we've got to hope Davy. you know that you know there is enough uh, supporters who, who can buy into what Mark Sawyer and the family of Nigel Wood uh, are communicating and, and, and selling.
0: It's true, though, isn't it? That's the thing. But I'll tell you now for a fact, sitting with you here, and say you went as a child from age three, it shows even now your passion, your drive, it's in your blood. It always will be. And oh. you're so emotionally driven by the club, <laughs> are you?
1: I am. Oh, you are, though. <coughs> it's like it's your baby, isn't it? It is, it is. You know, like like, like I said to you in the, the car, I, I, I suffer with Asperger's syndrome, and, and autism, and ADHD. I've always been the... You know, I've always been out there, very, very passionate, uh, high energy, uh, and, and rugby league is, is a major passion in my life. Uh, it's a massive part of my life. You know, I don't just follow the Bradford Bulls. If it's on on a Thursday, if it's on a Friday, if it's on like the Australian, the NRL on a Friday morning, Saturday morning, Sunday morning, you know, I'm up at all hours. Coming in from DJing at five in the morning. Oh. New Zealand Warriors v Manly Sea Eagles kicks off in 10 minutes I'll end up sitting and watching that going to bed for a couple of hours and then uh, my alarm's going off and I'm like crikey I'm on pulse at 2 o'clock I've got to get up to Ansel so yeah um, yeah it's you knock got
0: after yourself a bit more mate don't you
1: well I've started going to the gym Jordan Lilly one of the Bulls players has got a gym so you might have seen my Instagram so I'm conscious you know I'm you know, I'm I'm getting on a bit in life, and uh, I'm 20 stone, so I need to lose a little bit of timber. When you uh, get that? You're
0: determined. Do you know what I, mean? I am. I that, am. That I'm very
1: driven. So, like when yeah. I'm trying to do my commentary notes, which obviously start a couple of days before the game, and I'm like looking for all any little quirky stat that I can throw in, which you know can aid the listener's experience. Um, you know, I need that that drive and, and that determination. Uh, as if I'm preparing for a, a commentary, uh, you know, w- with my life. The problem is, David, I'm a Yorkshireman. I like my real ale. I like my beer. I like my fish and chips. I like my burgers. Keep me out of Weatherspoon's, Crikey! I think I've, <laughs> I think I've funded about ten Weatherspoon's franchises in in, in in my time. Probably
0: cost you about ten, huh?
1: It's Those blue plates. Those blue plates. <laughs> those blue plates. <laughs> but but look, you know, it's it, when I think about my, uh, you know, my journey. Uh, I just want to say you know a massive thank you to, to simon foster jill johnson and, and and richard johnson because um you know how i started going into uh, to broadcasting was of course uh, commentating for the for the blind and visually impaired right so that was my sort of like you know first hey mick here's a microphone here's your your commentary thing you're only commentating to five or six people in the stand who are blind but, you know, you're providing an excellent service. And, and that was pretty much 10 years ago where it started. Uh, and I always remember Simon Foster, uh, Jill Johnson and Richard, you know, they said to me, I remember the game, it was the last game of the season in 2000 and, uh, 2009, sorry, and it was Bradford and uh, Wakefield at Odsell. Uh, and obviously they were going to launch it in 2010. And basically, they, uh, they I always remember this, they said, Mick, if, if you're struggling or you only want to do twenty minutes or it's not for you, we understand and and just turn it off and explain and, and, and walk away. And honestly, I remember now going out to Wadsall where the press benches are at the back of the main stand. And I can be quite a shy person at times. And I just remember seeing all you know, everybody on the press benches like, Oh wow, oh wow, look at this, this is a different side because i 'd grown up on the terraces, you know, uh chanting. Yeah yeah sometimes being a little bit naughty towards Stuart Cummings and Russell Smith <laughs> and Steve Gadsden um, and this was like this was like you know a different perspective a different viewpoint and I just remember sitting on the edge of the, the press bench uh, there we are headset on commentating and before you know it it was half time and, and the feedback it, you know to where people saying oh this is fantastic this is amazing and then I did the second half and then the rest is history
0: unbelievable isn't it so that's ten years ago
1: I never thought I mean, I'll be if I'm being brutally honest. When I to school, well, um, I think I talk, talked a little bit in the car about it. You know, we we had to do an assignment, and my assignment was based on the rugby league commentary. So I've always looked up to to people like Ray French, uh, like Eddie Hemings, uh, like Andrew Voss, where where on, of course, in Australia, because uh, I've, I've I've watched a lot of rugby, I've listened to a lot of rugby on the radio, um, and you know, it's it has been. a, a a dream and a passion, you know, to try and paint, you know, magnificent visual uh, pictures with with words, and you know, to, to to you know, ten years down the line, which is good. If you know this this season coming up, it'll be it'll be the tenth season of doing it, and obviously it's gone from a season doing the blind, then it was hospital radio, then it was BCB, and now it's at commercial radio at the Pulse. You know, it's it has been a, a fantastic. A fantastic journey and you know without the listeners, without the people you know supporting me um, I'd just be you know Mick Gledhill, ignore the game call a bit, yeah. I'd just be Mick Gledhill on the popular stand terraces probably still you know cheering and going crazy when Bradford score and when a, a referee's decision goes against him feeling a little bit frustrated and sorry for myself but, uh, but yeah.
0: I, I, To be honest I can see you going even further where you are, I've always said that I there, oh. your comments. You've got the emotional drive, you you've got a passion for it. I've had I've had I've
1: are had I've, you I've, getting, Are you getting you getting phone calls here and there? I've you had you? I've, look, I've had offers. I've had I've had offers from other radio stations. Uh, and I've got to be honest. I've got to be honest. The one of one of the offers was was quite lucrative and it would have been better than what I currently uh, earn, what I currently get and you know what? I thought to myself, okay, you've got a chance. In some Super League games, you know, yes, you might get a, a Leeds v Wigan or a, a St. Helens Warrington or the whole derby, but you know what, Nova, if I'm being brutally honest, if I'm at Castleford or St. Helens or Wigan or Warrington, yeah, it's great to have, you know, great amenities, press benches with plug sockets that work and working Wi Fi, but if it was, say, Workington Town, Whitehaven, uh, Hemel, West Wales, Keighley, York, Featherstone against Bradford and I was somewhere else honestly the, the, it won't it won't sit right with my heart honestly uh, 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 and who knows who knows who knows what the future holds but, True, but you've got to take that chance mate. I'm a bit like Tom Baker I, I consider myself a bit like Tom Baker to quote uh, a Doctor Who reference right. Tom Baker whatever he's done I know he was the voice of Little Britain Tom Baker you instantly think Doctor Who unfortunately when people look at the game Carla you know they're gonna think oh that's that's Mick Glenel the the, the, the Bradford Bulls.
0: I want to talk about social media Um, because one thing I've noticed throughout the years and stuff, you're not shy on social media you're very opinionated on social media is it something that you use as a tool where it is um, it's giving you much more benefit than you think. Does that make sense? So you're using it in a way. You know what you're doing, really. It's a bit of a game.
1: Or not? I think other people have have seen it as a as a game. Uh, you, again, going back to the administrations, you know, people phoning me up. This is happening. That's mm-hmm. happening. Um, maybe I was a bit uh, scatterbrained, haphazard in reporting it as it as it you know as it was happening because I, I know. Quite a few Bulls fans have got frustrated because one minute it's looking positive, the next minute it's looking negative. Mm. Um, you know, doom and gloom, and then it's looking like oh, the Bulls are you know are going to hit the jackpot. Uh, but as as I've always said, you know, throughout previous administrations, you know, I've I've always reported it as it is as yeah. it has come in because I, I I do believe when the club um, and I'm not saying this is currently the case, but it certainly has been the case in in previous. Uh, weeks months and years when the club hasn't communicated with its key asset the fans I, i do believe in in the truth coming out and and sometimes you know my my heart can rule my head and it's very difficult because you know you try to report things objectively and there's there's always this sort of line you know as you say because you know it's your club um you know it's your sport so you don't deliberately want to put any Negative news out there, but I, I'll hold my hands up. I've, I've been used uh, as a mouthpiece by uh, Bradford Bulls owners uh, uh, and other people. Um, you know, it, as, you, as you know, it's easy for Mr A or Mr B to f- phone me and say, "Right, Mick, this is happening at the Bulls. Put this out there," and then it's out there, mm-hmm. and they know it's going to cause a shitstorm. And they're, they're quite happy because it's me that's put it out there. Uh, so you get it, in the net. but it does have benefits because you know, look, it's all part of PR. And um, I'm trying to think of a, I'm trying to think of a, an instance. Well, here we go. So um, Chris Bererton, who was in the running for the for the Brath and Bulls, uh, he he, tell, he tells me that you know, Mary Stoughton and, and Rowan Mills are going to have to be sold. He effectively has to sell the assets uh, to appease the creditors list that was on Twitter I said it on one of my shows Rugby League podcast that I do and you know it upset some people at the Bradford Bulls I had a couple of phone calls uh, which I interpreted as threats but I was told this was happening I put it out there I was deemed the bad guy was I wrong? No that the players have been sold to appease the creditors list so yeah. that was one way and that's an example of the owners, the people in the background, getting that information or leaking it out there uh, before it actually happens, you know, sort of forewarning uh, and and, and giving the, you know, the fans, you know, a bit of a warning that this is going to happen or potentially could happen. So that's an example. And again, people don't look at the sort of like emotional aspect of it because, you know, I get phone calls, I get abuse, I get told I'm full of shit. But all I've done is report the facts. And there'll be probably people watching this now and thinking, ah, Mick, you're full of shit and, and whatever. But, you know, look, if someone's going to phone me up and it's someone in a position of power, a position that I trust, and they're telling me X, Y and Z's happening um, at the club that I cover and report on, then, you know, the fans, deserve, the fans deserve to know.
0: What happened with your Twitter then?
1: Oh, no, my Twitter at the minute is, is down because... I got ass- I got assaulted and mugged after the grand final yes, you did, didn't you? Yeah. yeah so yeah. listen uh, anybody watching this I tell you I tell you I tell you what uh, September uh, and the start of October have been a real a real real tough month because obviously the club has left Bradford last game and also I had some uh, commentary equipment stolen, stolen as well personal belongings can I just say a massive thank you to uh, Bulls Banter the Bradford Bulls supporters group um, Lindsay and Dave you know th- they raised £500 for me uh, fantastic so I bought new commentary equipment oh, amazing! Um, I bought a new the irony is I bought a brand new like Apple power bank an Apple phone charger off Amazon and then after the grand final um, walking uh, with my friend Kieran and um, I'm looking for Cornbrook Metro link and I've got my phone out on Google Maps and it's dark and it's drizzly uh, and the next thing, uh, two two men uh, have attacked me at the side with um, their push bikes. Uh, I'm dislodged. The phone's on the floor. They've stolen my wallet. Stolen my phone. Uh, we've tried to challenge them, and uh, unfortunately, the the, the the knife has come out. And this was the day after. This was the day after the the, the Arndale stabbing. So, look, pe- people people t- you know talk absolute rubbish when they've. When they've had the, a bit of lubricant of the of the life down the throat, say you oh, know I'd have done this, I'd have done that. I'm sorry. When you see that knife, when you see that blade, uh, listen, take the phone. So basically, what's happened with the Twitter uh, and my emails is I can't get into them. It's very frustrating because I set up two-factor authorization to that phone number to that email account. Nah. So um, at the moment, I'm hoping Twitter can try and understand. It is an absolute baller, you know, trying to. Uh, send documentation to twitter that i am the game caller the original you might say um, that was a bit of a william hartnell I like, I like that was a bit of a Willi- camera. that was a bit of a william hartnell um, <laughs> cuz he was the first doctor the original you might say so you know it, it is frustrating because i'm not a newspaper i know I've, i know i work for the pulse and i know the pulse uh, I've got a, a media output there at the Pulse, but what I've always been about is is Twitter, uh, is Facebook, uh, is, is social media. That is me, and that 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 is the way the modern journalist works. You mm-hmm. know, you've got a news, a scoop. You have that verified. In the past, when before there was social media, they'd sit on it for a day. Oh, this is going in the paper tomorrow. We're going to sell a shitload of papers tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, rubbing their hands. But now they get a bit of scandal a bit of a scoop you can have it straight on there literally a minute after you know the news has broken so uh, the way the world and social media uh, are all intertwined and working with one another uh, is beneficial but at the same time it is a very scary place because what I've realised with Twitter, with Facebook uh, and obviously being a bit of a a PR man for the the Bradford Bulls um, is that any positive news, no matter how positive, no matter how fantastic, there'll always be a small section of comments that find negatives yeah, out yeah. of the positives, and I guess that's just the way the world works. Um, you know. Hopefully, Twitter can uh, can get the game caller back on. But anyone watching this, I'm back on Twitter on a, a temporary account, and it's at the game caller RL. The RL stands for. I'll let you guess that. <laughs> Rugby league.
0: Just before I finish off, what, what's up with you next, end? What, what, what's your plan, what's, your, what's happening with the game caller next, are you moving forward? I mean, the full 80 minutes, what's happening with that? I saw a little message today, oh. are you still
1: doing that or what? I, I'm going to still do it, I think I owe it to people. Now whether or not, it, you see me and Craig have this tremendous chemistry, Yeah. but unfortunately Craig uh, has decided that because, you know, he's got problems, uh, his mum's not well, So there's all these factors. Uh, One of the Twitter accounts that we had that got uh, suspended as well Uh to to, to do um, with with what happened in Manchester. So we don't have access to that. Hopeful of getting access to that, but I I think Craig realised that sometimes his position might be compromised a little because he is a player agent Agent, and, and he's on there, whereas I'm, you know, a freelance broadcast journalist. Uh, I probably can, can you know, uh, what's the word? I'm prob- you know, I'm probably in a safer position to pass comment and judgment. But you know, I wish Craig all the best. He's decided that it's not for him, and you know, I, I hope that you know those that have followed us on the full eighty, you know, they continue to do so. I mean, I've no, I've no production v- uh, value. Um, I've no, I've, you know, I've no production equipment. So um, on Thursday this Thursday, on every Thursday, it might be a case of phone on a tripod, me sat here, this is the latest rugby league news and you know trying to interact with the the, the comments, it might work it may not work but you know the, the full 80, it's another brand uh, that I care passionately about and I think it probably you know deserves to continue with or without Craig uh, but I do wish Craig all the best and you know what, if Craig's watching this and he wants to come back uh, I'm always here but I understand he has got family issues that that needed to um, be uh, that need that needs sorting out. Right, we'll finish off ten of the best. Okay. okay. All
0: right, ready. Don't look cheating if you look. Point. There's no point, is
1: there? Right. No worries. All right, I'm ready? Looking.
0: First thing that comes, you read. Favorite film.
1: Favorite film. It would have been the. Dark Knight uh, with Heath Ledger as the Joker, but the the, the new Joker film gets my That's second time in a
0: week. We've done that. Lately, Honestly,
1: I, I am a massive DC fan. I don't care about Marvel. I like my Doctor Who. I like my DC Joker. Wow, wow, what a film! What a film! The, the you know. The, the definitive genesis story of the Joker, uh, and I'm hearing that because it's done so well, they're under pressure now to, to make a second one. And I don't want to spoil it for anybody who's not watched it, but the director dropped the massive bombshell at the end and he says, the only time you genuinely hear half a laugh is in the mental asylum. So it is very it is very mess with your head stuff, isn't it? It's, 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 if I watched it, just go yeah, and watch it. It's very Fight Club. Yeah, just go yeah. And watch. You it. You need to go and watch it. <sighs> favorite band? I don't really have a band, David. I've got
0: well, a favorite. Just, just favorite. Uh, one artist that it's, it's 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 on your phone now.
1: I tell you one, what, um, it doesn't have to be
0: a band, it could be uh, a solo artist, could be anything.
1: Uh, you won't, you might know, you might not have heard of them, but they were Bradford's finest bootleggers in the nineties and thousands. The Friday Night Posse, uh, which was Mister Harry Hard.
0: Harry Hard? Harry Hard, yes. Right, he's a right.
1: great friend of mine, Harry Hard. And right. If you don't know the Friday Night Posse, Harry Hard was the person who engineered the DJ Casper Chacha Slide. Slides. So, really? Yes, he's from Bradford, he lives in Wyke. Great guy. Get him on. Yeah. <laughs> Harry. Harry, if you're watching, you're, you're coming on another meet.
0: <laughs> night so. in or night out, Mr Gamecaller?
1: Oh, it's got to be a night out. Get me under them dance floor <laughs> lights, them lasers, them strobes. Yes. Favourite food? My favourite food?
0: Oh, it's got to be fish and chips. Fish and chips, mushy peas. On the on the coast? Yes. On the Yorkshire coast?
1: Yes. A 10p Northern Rail train ticket journey. Get me to. Yeah. Get <laughs> me How to. You don't get all them. They're, doing, they're, they're, they're releasing more uh, in November. That's
0: so what you do, jump on it straight away, is that Yeah,
1: yeah. I've got friends who work at Northern Rail, they tip me off. Uh, and, uh, it's legit,
0: totally legit. It's legit.
1: Yeah, you can go anywhere on a Northern Rail train. So you can go to Carlisle, Maryport, Workington, Whitehaven, Barrow, uh, Saltburn,
0: Settle.
1: Settle, Carlisle, Blackpool, Southport, Hull, Bridlington for 10p. For 10p. 10p right. there, 10p back. Now, just a little secret for anybody who's listened this far: when those tickets come out, I were there. Uh, and and have you got to understand, 45 trips is 450 there, 450 back. So 45 trips for nine pounds, honestly. And
0: you have got two, too much time, and the month
1: that. the month of September was a real fantastic. Well, well, I've said it was a depressing month because of what happened, but that was a bit of a you know a bit of getaway, you know, going out and around and, and going to see, um, you know, you know, new places, but. Uh, Listen, Tempe there, Tempe that. You can't really knock it, you can, can you? You can't knock it.
0: Right, a few more beer, wine, or liquor? Beer? Wine, or spirits?
1: It's got to be beer, real ale. You know what? Tempe train ticket to Saltburn. Find me a nice country pub right there on the coast, overlooking the beach and the cliffs. Get me a pint of real ale, fish and chips, make it a special, chips and mushy peas, and a little lemon wedge. <laughs> I tell you what, people are all now at home and saliva's coming crew. out of the mouths.
0: <laughs> my favourite holiday destination?
1: My favourite holiday destination? Oh, you know what? It, it, it'd have to be somewhere like like Southport. Like anywhere that's got a Pontings because, you know, my mum and dad, we, we never really had any money, um, so we, we never went abroad it was always Pontings or Butlings Skegness Southport Great Yarmouth I tell you what I know some people might turn their nose up at this but I'll tell you now some of my some of my best holidays as a a child and a young adult you know Pontings Ponting Southport there we go in Ainsdale you know you've got golden beaches you can walk right down as far as uh, Hemsby and the the sand sculptures absolutely fantastic yeah tell you what well, not, 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 not Pontings now, but yeah, but yeah my favourite yeah. destination has got to be the British Seaside.
0: With fish and chips.
1: And don't forget the ice cream, 99 sprinkles, extra sauce. Oh, that's why I'm like, this fish and chips. <laughs> I tell you what, if David ever does another one with me in 10 years' time and I'm looking really slim, oh, I'll yeah. be talking about salads.
0: If money was no object, where would you like to live?
1: If money was no object, where would I like to live? This is a difficult question David because I am very passionate about the Bradford Bulls and Rugby League so it couldn't be too far from Bradford otherwise the travelling would get to me Oh Mr uh, Noble does it I know Mr Noble does it uh, Oh I tell you what Ilkley's nice, Arrogate's nice but I'm a working class lad uh, Bradford, I'm not leaving Bradford Right
0: there you go, that's fine I tell you what, maybe maybe
1: look at a nice house in Bailden or somewhere On the hill? Yeah Baledon's quite nice Next is yeah. John Helm yeah, John Elm, yeah. yeah. But, you see, I think, you know, me living that sort of lifestyle, that is not me.
0: Mm.
1: There's no charity shops in and I'd be snookered. <laughs> I'm just telling it how it is.
0: Absolutely. Are you an early morning person or a late night owl?
1: Well, it's got to be a late night owl. Um, every job I've ever had has involved some sort of nocturnal activity. You know, DJing, you're coming in at five in the morning... Um, you know, listen. If I'm fully functioning before eight o'clock in the morning, something's drastically wrong. But that's just my body clock. I've always, you know, my body clock. Uh, I could never do a nine to five job. I think you're with me on that one. I'm I, with I, you. I couldn't. I couldn't. Yeah. I couldn't, David. I couldn't because yeah. when you're out till five in the morning, DJing. Sometimes you get in at two, three o'clock if it's a quiet night. But then you get home and you can't switch off. You know, people think you're this DJ. Get your money. Yeah. Go home, uh, and then and then you can just switch off and, and go to bed. But yeah, your ears are going, you find you're yourself wired, for yeah. an hour, an hour and a half. You scrolling social media, you are catching up on text messages. Uh, I am a serial texter. Anybody that knows me uh, will know that I can send messages at all hours, um, which I do apologize if you've had a if you've ever had a message after midnight and you're thinking, oh my god, what is he messaging me now? I do profusely apologize. It's just one of them things.
0: I'm like that though, anyway. My office, I always say my office is open between the hours of, well, it's open 24 hours. However, I won't respond between the hours of 2am and 10am.
1: <laughs> Does that make, you know what I mean? People yeah, go, what?
0: Yeah. It's like, well, that's my, yeah. especially with like jet lag and stuff when I'm back and forth stairs.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It you, is it? So, right, two more questions, we will finish off. Can you cook?
1: I can't cook.
0: You can't cook? What do you mean by
1: cooking? Can you cook a meal? I'm hopeless, David. I can't cook. Look at me.
0: You can't cook. I thought you'd be a bit, you know I me mean, a bit of a connoisseur in the kitchen.
1: You, I get other people. to make it. Do you? All
0: right. If someone else is cooking, what would you like? Round this table, three people dead or alive. You're inviting to a meal. <coughs> One, what's on the menu? And two, which three people dead or alive are around this table? It could be anyone. Don't have to be. Don't mm. have to be celebrities. It could be anyone. All right.
1: Okay then, um, it would, for the food, yeah. um, you know what my favourite food is? Sausage rolls. Usually was fish and chips. chips. Well, I like, I like fish and chips, but you know, Greg's sausage rolls, oh my word. There's a Greg's in Bradford interchange, and before I go on my Tempe train journeys, bacon sandwich, cup of tea, and a, a pack of four sausage rolls to see me. A pack grandma. of four sausage rolls? Well, you get you buy two, you get two free, so it, it's it e- makes more economical sense. I love
0: you. No, but David, yeah, it does. It I love you. I love you.
1: Yeah, no, we're not. You. just gonna sit here and have sausage rolls. We'll, we'll 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 push the boat out. We'll have some expensive steak, big massive steak, freshly cut chips, sweet potato fries, onion rings, a bottle of red maybe. I don't do wine. I can't drink wine. Um, what about your guests? you are gonna be yet. Um, you know what? Oh, you're putting me on the spot now. Three people. You know what my, my dad passed away with cancer so I didn't realize
0: I'm so, I know I'm sorry, I know man, no, it's yeah. fine that's
1: why that Leeds game was so emotional because obviously the connection with Odsell uh, and my dad and, and everything so I'd like to I'd like to spend time with my dad uh, you know what when he was here I never fully appreciated him because obviously I was a fan a young fan of the club but I'd love to get someone like Trevor Foster back from the dead just to hear the tales and and his passion, you know, because obviously Simon Foster's still with us, and and Simon speaks so proudly and, and stoically ab- about his, his 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 late father. So I'd, I'd love I'd love you know you know Trevor Foster to be here because I'm sure Trevor had had many a, a tale to um, to say. Oh, you've stumped me. Have I stumped? Have I stumped the game, Carl? Yeah, no, I'm just trying to think, you know, I'm. Well, I'm overthinking, that's the problem with me now. You should never
0: overthink
1: it. Though. Yeah, I should have just come out with it. Is yeah. it. Minam, me Minam, there we go. Oh, that's
0: nice.
1: Minam. I tell you what, me, me, obviously people might not know, but I'm, I, I am sort of like a third Austrian or whatever, so Minam used to make schnitzel, which oh, is obviously the battlefield. Yeah. Oh, I tell you what, with the steak's off the table, we're having schnitzel. Oh!
0: I met your nan, didn't I? Ages ago, yeah, yeah. yeah. Met your old man as
1: well. Yeah, your dad used to work with my dad. Yeah, Uh, and your dad, I still see him wandering around town on a on a (laughs) Saturday if he's off to Valley Parade in city. Absolutely. Um, Yeah. Oh God, crikey. Yeah, which amazing memories, isn't it? I'd like, I'd like, you know, because everybody's got personal tragedies, but like I say, you know, my dad with cancer, my nan was a very traumatic experience. So um, I would like, you know, just one last time. Um, and obviously, Sir, Sir Trevor Foster.
0: Well, Sir Trevor Foster, your dad and your nan, Michael Bledel, shipman. Cheers. I say thank you so much for spending time with me.
1: Yeah, I feel like there's loads of topics we haven't discussed. We could probably go on for forever. We but could do. Uh, Enough people shouldn't realise who I am now, you know. Um, but you are
0: you're a true gentleman? Um, I've been. Fortunate to go to school with you as well. We've, we've grown a friendship haven't we? Yeah, yeah. I'm proud of what you're doing. You're still knocking it out of the park. You're carrying working hard, that's the main thing. Yes, yes, yes. And, and you're just, you just, you're just a, a down-to-worth guy, are you? There's no... There's no specialism, that's what I'm saying. No. Every, everything's just, you know...
1: Oh, listen, I'm, I'm approachable. Anyone sees me in town, look, and, and, and these fans do stop me and they have selfies and they ask for my autograph. Yeah. Oh, come on, please. I'm. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm this Mick Gledel, I'm, I'm just a jolly large bloke from Bradford who, who, who likes his food and <laughs> likes rugby league. and I can't get enough Doctor Who references, and I love Doctor Who. And keep working with Jordan? Yeah, Jordan Lane.
0: He's w- mixed, currently working with uh, a Bradford Bulls player who's yeah. own, it's kind of a, What is it? Lily's
1: Fitness, yeah. Lily's Fitness. He's, o- he's opened a gym uh, yeah. not far from Bradford Interchange, so I'm going there a couple of times a week. I'll be honest it's difficult at this moment uh, Nova, uh, he's had me running up and down this sort of like incline and doing squats and press ups and sit ups on the treadmill, the rower, it is going to be difficult um, but there is a gentleman there and I forget his name so apologies but he's lost like eight and a half stones so there's a large gentleman and I was talking to him yesterday while I was on the rower and the bike and he still has cheap meals. Uh, it's all about determination, portion size and when you eat and that's why as a DJ you know, you finish a gig at one you go into your next one, you get the kebab it's very difficult it's a very unhealthy lifestyle but I'm determined to fight the flab and hopefully um, in the coming months and years you see, uh, uh, you know, just like the Bradford Bull Squad for 2020, a lot more slimmer and leaner Mick Gleddle. Right
0: Make the game colourable. Thank you for being on mate. So thank you yeah. for Yorkshire Payments as well. Here's your pen. I've got to present you with a pen.
1: So. Oh, you know what? I'm going to use this Yorkshire Payments pen uh, throughout the 2020 season. So all them Bradford Bulls tries, hopefully, John Key as a side are going to score at the Tetley Stadium, Dewsbury. Uh, I'll be writing them with this Yorkshire Payments pen. Uh, the Straight Talking Card Solutions.
0: There you go. And also, imagine a way for iTunes and Spotify and SoundCloud. Yeah. There you go. And we will catch up with you next time. Thank you so much. Game caller,
1: Come on, lad. <laughs> Woo! Thank you. That's David Novakoski. <laughs> <laughs> right.